Not quite sure where we're going to go today. (laughs) (coughs) This DNA we've been talking about. It's not just his DNA. It's our DNA. We are from another realm. We are strangers. Aliens in this place. Only the work of the gospel can do that. The power of the gospel is the only thing that can set us free from one realm into another. Not in a form, but in the reality of it. And I, I just have this sense, and it's what has come through Where are we feeding? Family, where are we feeding? We cannot live by what is seen. We cannot. There is no life in it. Literally none. Not even a little bit. The whole journey that he's got us on, that he explained is the same journey that he took the Israelites on that's expressed in Deuteronomy 8, is so that they would know one thing. What was the one thing? That man does not live by bread, by what's seen, but by every word that comes out of his mouth. We are in chaotic times. And I don't know whether you're observing like I am every wind of doctrine. It's the world. Its commodity is fear. It's rampant. But are we listening and are we going like that with it? What happens when we're in the workplace and everyone's talking about what's happening with global warming? What happens when we're in the workplace and in, in the post-Christchurch massacre and everyone's talking? Do you see what I'm saying? It's a pattern. And as Danny said... There is one Lord who says one thing and he's in one journey, one purpose. 
If we don't know that, and we don't know him, and we take our eyes off him, we are washed away with with everybody else's winds of doctrine. It sounds so tantalizing, but unless we have an appetite for what is everlasting... What is eternal, what will stand when heaven and earth will pass away, we'll be suckered into this. God has not given us a spirit of fear. No way does the Holy Spirit have fear in him. But he's given us a spirit of love, of agape love. It's a different kind of love to what you're going to find in the world. It's just not there. He's given us a spirit of power that is far above anything that is on the earth, that raises itself up as powerful, that intimidates us as going to take us out. He's given us that spirit. He's given us a spirit of discipline. The ability to do what we couldn't do in the flesh. A clarity to understand that that comes from a heart place. We're no not longer listening to understand in our head because the world's spinning us this way and that way when we do that. But we are living by the Spirit and by the words that come by the Spirit. So we're no longer listening or hearing to understand here, but to receive, knowing the one who loves us is speaking and we can hear. His sheep know his voice. And there's some lies that we've believed that we have to be confronted with and we have to repent of and we have to turn from. And they're lies that are designed to immobilize us and cause the body of Christ, who is this living, active organism of of Christ, to be entangled and tied up and immobilized, often in fear. And it's good news. (laughs) Do you know that Jesus came to set the prisoners free? He came to open that which was bound. Man, am I, this is my testimony. As a, as a believer, being bound. Being bound in my innermost place. Covered over a lot of lies. A lot of deceit that I'd, I'd lived from because I'd accepted those truths that aren't truth. And I've lived in that place. And he does what only he does. And he can pierce into and open up 
what's bound. And I'm sure that the primary purpose of that is to come into our innermost place. Because he's after our hearts. And it's that. Once he gets, he gets entrance into our heart and we give up, <laughs> then he can come in and truth can come into our innermost parts. It's what David cried out in his psalm, in, in Psalm 51, when he was smashed. You desire truth in the inmost parts. Not me understanding stuff. A person. You, need, you desire entrance. Because you're not going to push yourself on me. You want a relationship that is... Uh, an equal relationship, actually, that's what you're after. You know what you're after. We read perfect love casts out all fear or casts out fear. The reality of who is perfect, what is perfect. The reality of why we'd be in fear. (laughs) You know, fear's got to do with punishment. It's got to do with being judged. How many of us have fear in our hearts when we think of Jesus coming again. He has given us everything. He really has given us everything. But he doesn't just come in and shove it down our throats. That it's not that kind of giving us everything. He prepares a table and invites us to eat. In Hebrews 10, you know the chapter that Joe told us to read and then read the whole Bible? (laughs) He'd He'd already been speaking to me about this. And Hebrews 10, 1 and 2. When I was preparing for this, there was a period of time when I was praying with Chris, and I tell you what, my head was in a vice. There was so much opposition to this word. Doesn't have op- op- uh, happen often. So I'm just going to read a couple of verses. For the law, since it was 
has only a shadow of the good things to come and not the very form of things can never by the same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise they would have not Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered? Because the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have had consciousness of sins. So the law can't do this. But someone has. So why would we still live in a life that is sin conscious? See, this is so basic to our thinking. Just like Joe spoke about the separation thing, it is so basic in a lot of Christendom. This thing that sin separates. Yes, sin separates. <laughs> it separates man from God. But Christ has brought together. And Christ's sacrifice has once and for all made perfect those who believe in him. Has once and for all brought into unity, into oneness. There is no separation. So this thought that I used to live by, that was part of this cyclic thinking, cyclic behavior, you can understand the fruit of it. But because it's not eternal fruit, it's this death fruit that just goes round and round and round and is constantly trying to overcome sin and is so focused on that that you can't actually just be loved. And yet the place of just being loved is the place where you receive. The place where you're trying to overcome is the place where you're trying to do Christ's work for him. You're nullifying the power of the cross. It's serious. It's so serious. It's not just... Poor old me, I've got some issues with my self-esteem. It's not. It's unbelief. Yeah, yeah. Utterly unbelief. Saying to Jesus, what you did is not enough. Yeah, right. I have to do it. Yeah. I have to make myself better. I have to make myself right. I have to make myself accepted by you. God is love. It's a kind of love. You know how we read God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. We often think, well I've often thought he loved us so much. What about a kind of love? 
the so love. God so loved us. This kind of love is where you're going to find the power. Not in the amount, because it's limitless. It's the kind of love. The kind of love that isn't thinking about itself. That is giving itself to lift another up. It's the kind of love. A key passage that this, my perfect love, cast out all fear, is in, in 1 John. And in verse about 10, I think it is, in this is love. Here's the definition of love. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation of, for our sins. And then, beloved, if God so loved us, if he loved us this way, that he gave his son, So who was good enough to earn God's love in this room? Anyone? Put your hand up. Who was really anti-God? Massively. I was known as the most anti at school. Those spaced out people. You know what I despised as a non-Christian, though? I absolutely despised Christians who said they weren't Christian, who said they were Christians and didn't live like it. Despised it. You see, by our love, they'll know. The ones who are in the world will know by our love. The so love, the kind of love that I've just described is how they're going to know us. Not the so much, not the fact that we've got lots of friends here and we have get them over for dinner. And It's not like anybody in the world can do that. But what about this love that literally is dead to itself and is giving its life for brothers, sisters? What about the love that we hear about where in, in the epistles where it's like you, you identified yourself with those that were prisoners of the Lord and you gladly took the confiscation of your property. What about that, identifying with Christ in a brother and sister, not shrinking back, that kind of love? See, this is the kind of love that we need in this age. We need it any time because of the eternal purpose. But in this day and age, we need that love so much. Because otherwise, we are going to be of those who shrink back. And we're not of those who shrink back. Because we have the spirit of Christ in him. Not the spirit of fear and timidity and dread and torment. 
because we know who we are. But we need to go after the revelation of that. Otherwise, it's just all head knowledge. And when it comes to the actual pressure, it doesn't stand. What you know in your head never stands. Because it's not formed. You have no substance of it here. You can't at the last, last, you know, you're being threatened or your family's being threatened, suddenly go, I believe, I believe, <laughs> I'm trying to believe. You can't. That doesn't work. Believe me. Please believe me. Please don't do what I did and try for 20 years to make it happen. It promises life, but it doesn't come. This trying to come into it yourself. Another thing that just recently he's, again, because he's renewing, I'm not in the fullness of this, but I know who my source is now. I have another source. And I discovered him when I was absolutely broken and I'd come to the end of my source. And I'd, I, in that whole process, he revealed me he revealed himself to me as love. And he showed me that I could simply be a vessel of his love. I didn't have to work hard at it. I just had to receive it and give it. Be in it. And the more you're in that place of being and loving him and not looking at your stuff and trying to work it out, the more you, are, you have Christ formed in you. It's amazing. It's so much easier. <laughs> oh, dear. But another thing he has shown me um, in recent days is a whole lot of stuff. But I always believed that the Holy Spirit came to convict me of sin. That that's what it said. I'm going to read this passage. Because I have a feeling this is another lie that is killing life and causing us to be sin-conscious, sin-focused, and not Christ-focused, not Spirit-focused. So John 16, 7 to 11, you probably will know it, but I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage, this is Jesus talking to his disciples, it is to your advantage that I go away, for if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you, but if I go, I will send him to you, and he, when he comes, will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Concerning sin because they do not believe me. So the Holy Spirit comes to convict the world of sin because they don't yet believe me. And until we're convicted of our sin, we don't know our need of God, right? And concerning righteousness, so I wonder who he's talking to here. Because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. 
Oh, so the Holy Spirit's job is to convict us of righteousness. Whole different ball game. And concerning judgment, who's this for? Because the ruler of this world has been judged. So he's going to convict us of how right we are. Because the world will tell us, the flesh will tell us that we're not good enough. And Christ has done this work. It is finished. It is completely done. One sacrifice, once. For all time, he's the high priest who went in and gave his life. He doesn't have to do it again next year or the next year. We've just gone past Yom Kippur. You probably heard about the, the um, trying to get into that synagogue. They were celebrating this most holy day for the Jewish people of all the year. And it's when the high priest goes in behind the veil. (coughs) And that's what has been spoken about in Hebrews 10, that was not able to cleanse consciousness of sin. Who would like to know what it's like to have no consciousness of sin? So when he's convicting us of righteousness, it doesn't mean that we don't know when we might be straying. But it's not a conviction of sin, it's a conviction of who we are. So my experience is that he says, Sandra, that's not who you are. This is who you are. Lord, that's true. I'm sorry, and I'm repenting, and I'm living, and, and coming into what you say I am. It's a whole different thing than this cycle. And Joe, you just put it so beautifully this expression of separation, this feeling of separation that you've somehow got to confess and repent and your head's down here and I've got to do these things and I've got to get a bit of time to get uh, accepted somehow. It's, it's such a non-biblical way of living and yet we've, we've bought into it because we've accepted a few of these key lies We haven't realized how right we are. And we haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to convict us of righteousness. Been too afraid. That sounds too good to be true. Oh, I wonder who that could be from. (laughs) This love has done a complete work. He's perfected us. And we have our minds being renewed to what he has already done, the finished work of what he has done. There's nothing left to do, but we have to be listening to the right source. And there is going to be a leaving. 
we heard from Paul, there has to be a leaving stuff, a leaving idols, but not so that we can be made right. We've already been made right. It's because we want to please our Father. We have such a desire to please him. That's birthed in the seed that's in us. It talks about the seed within us in 1 John. Somewhere. 1 John 4. And it talks about having the seed within us. And it's the most beautiful thing when you think of the seed like being a divine sperm. Okay? It's the divine seed of God that's in us. And it causes us to want to be like him. And the potential is all there. If we just stay within the oneness that he has created. Do you know atonement, the word atonement, actually comes from at one? So why are we living as though we're separate? Me and God. At one, at one. It's, it's literally where the, the word comes from. The whole process of what he has declared right through in the, in the foreshadow, through the, the Jewish priesthood, culminating in our great high priest to make us at one again. See, it's a whole different place to live from when you live from what he has done, what he's completed, and you know that he has invited you into this amazing journey that he has got. I described it the other day about this bridegroom who's coming out of his chamber and he's a strong man to run his course that's my Jesus and that's who I am now because I have a course I have one course that I've I've been invited into it's almost too good to be true but it's not It's what we're made for. Absolutely what we're made for. Before the foundation of the earth, he knew us. He chose us and he called us to be holy and blameless. Not to be beaten down and sin conscious. He came to free us from that. Greg so often said it's about the promise before it's about the problem. Flesh will always focus on the problem. You know, flesh also makes other decisions. Flesh releases a murderer and kills the son of life. The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The context of that is within 
the Antichrist spirit. There's a lot of things we take out of context. He is preparing his bride. And we are in this age, and this age started back with the, the beginning of Pentecost. And, and it was declared that the spirit of the Antichrist is already in the world. But you will know it. You will know it. Because it's different from what you have in here. Because you have the seed of God in here. The thing is, are we listening to the seed of God in here? Are we allowing the seed to, be, to be, become a tree? Like the mustard seed. It's not meant to remain a seed, a little immature that doesn't actually have anything. Because we're too busy with the, the worries of life. And all these things. The seed needs to be in an in a environment to grow. And the only environment is the presence of God. So he's here. He's abiding with us. But are we abiding in him? Are we eating of his flesh and drinking of his blood? Is he our only source? Or are we feeding from other things? I remember, and I shared this at um, banquet, but with the Christchurch thing, here's an outworking of what this looks like every day. Um, I had been teaching down in the studio, got a call from my um, youngest son asking, is my brother okay because he's in Christchurch? I had no idea what was going on. And I said, what's going on? He told me briefly, and I texted my brother, went upstairs after I'd finished teaching and turned the idiot box on. Um, so the first thing I was confronted with was this, these just terrible scenes of these poor people in this terrible situation and cameras were on them, taking them out of of ambulances into the hospital and I just gasped at that possibility. And I remember getting onto our messenger family messenger group saying to uh, my son who's a paramedic, can they do that? Is that legal? And he said they can because it's in a public place but it doesn't make it right. And then one, one of the family got on said, I've just seen this awful video of the guy shooting. I said, get off it. Don't watch it. They're trying to pull you in on it. And, and then I sort of, I was busy trying to practice, and I thought, I need to see what's going on, so I'll change everything, and I'll bring up the stuff from the studio, and I'll set up in front of the TV and have it on mute, and I'll try and practice. Well, that didn't go so well. But... The Lord just interrupted me and he said, whose voice are you listening to now? I was like, oh, turn the thing off. And he said, do you trust me to tell you what you need to know? Or do you need the news to tell you what to know? You know, in that moment, he downloaded 
just one after the other after the other. This is what is written. It's small fry to what's coming. This is what's going to happen. Something's going to raise itself up as a vain imagination against the knowledge of God. And it's going to take a lot of people with it. So I knew exactly, and I saw it happen in the, in the ensuing weeks and months. But I also saw so many of my beloved brothers and sisters being taken away with the vain imagination. We must be able to hear his voice and we must be listening for his voice. He's been talking to me about not being a thinker, I'm a hearer. I lived my life under that, I guess, label. And he said, you're not a thinker, you're a hearer. The only thing that's going to entangle me will be if I go back into being a thinker. And he just comes and he says, your rest is in me. He's so good. And he knows how to grow us. He knows how to perfect us. This is the perfect love that Literally, he builds himself in us so that we become more like him. And we can stand and we can love. We can be like him. We have confidence, it says in, in 1 John's connection to the same scripture. Verse 17, I believe. By this, love is perfected with us. By the way, that means perfectly perfected, completely completed. It literally uses the word twice. Really, really means it, eh? Like there's no out out of that one. This, by this, love is perfected or completed, think of matured, completed, so that we may have confidence, boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so also are we in this world. So it's not just about having confidence at that day, but confidence and boldness that is only from him. In myself, man, I'd be a mess. I lived under fear for so many years, literally. And the only confidence and boldness I have is him. And it gets tested. And if it's not there, that's okay. Because he's showing us what's not there. And it's like, abide in me because I'm going to make it there. It's so awesome.
So the, the question is, what do we do with this? Do we tack it on to this routine? Daily, we go and offer a sacrifice. Weekly, we go and offer a sacrifice. <laughs> That's not able to cleanse my conscience from sin. Are we actually doing that stuff? Or are we in the life that Christ has got for us? See, now I know and believe the love he has for me. I believe and know it because I've experienced it. And it is there for every single one of his children. It really, really is. But we need to go after it with everything that we've got. And, and encourage one another. This is how... This is how he has built it, so that we walk together in this and we share of what God has done. So I just want us, if we could, can we stand? We heard a word about perspective. There is a reality of unfruitfulness when our eyes are fixed on what's seen. But that's not who we are. We are not of those who shrink back. Paul had to throw off everything that he knew for the sake of knowing Christ. And he said, not that I have attained it, but this one thing I do, forgetting what is past, I press on to lay hold of that for which he has laid hold of me. I, I pray that you hear hope. Because this is a hope that doesn't disappoint. It really doesn't disappoint. It's not the promise of water, but without the substance of water. It's the real deal. So, Lord, I thank you that you have been speaking. And, Lord, we turn, if we need to turn, that we would hear your voice. We are not our own. We belong to you. We've been purchased. Just as you've given yourself totally to us, Lord. We are not our own. We belong to you. And Lord, what a privilege to know you. What a privilege to give you the very life you gave me. And to know life as you designed it. You are the life giver and you are the one that sustains us by your word. Lord, I pray that as you've been speaking, we will be receiving 
And we will not go and try and work it all out in our heads, but we will receive what you have said, even if it's one small nugget. And we will go to you and we'll talk about it. We will ask questions. We will seek you about it. We will dig into your word as you illuminate it by your spirit. That, Lord, we would be a people that live by your word, the word that you've, you have already spoken and that you are speaking. The eternal word that lasts when heaven and earth pass away. He's Christ. Lord, I thank you for loving us so much, so much this kind of love, this kind of love that saw us and sees us, accepts us, It's the place where we can come with all our fears, with all our questions, and allow you to do what only you can do deep in our hearts. But we want you. We want you as Lord. You are the Lord. We want to say yes. We want to open up the depths of our heart Thank you, Jesus, that you're the one that opens what's bound. Come in and take your rightful place and continue to build your body, your precious family. And may we, Lord, just delight in you every moment of every day. And may we not listen to the other voices but just listen to you and seek you with all that we are. In Jesus' name, amen.